Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Come on, let's go. This is the Media Industry Guru Show, the show that exposes you to entertainment, music, film, TV, and tech. We're online 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. Hello and welcome back to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Have you been scrolling on your FYP? What's your favorite TikTok meme or song? For me personally, my favorite TikToker so far is Joe Melee. If you haven't checked him out, he creates like a lot of comedic content with his family, his brother, and also his girlfriend. So check him out if you haven't checked him out yet. But TikTok is so eclectic. So with me today, I have a tech expert who works at TikTok in intellectual property. So if you don't know what intellectual property is, you'll figure it out now. <laughs> she is an awesome mentor of mine. I met her through the TikTok campus rep program that I was a part of in college, and she's always determined to succeed. She's from Australia and graduated from Pepperdine in sunny Malibu. Now let's welcome tech professional Jem to the podcast, where she will elaborate on her day-to-day experience as well as her side hustle being a media professional in advertising and digital marketing. Hey, Jem, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Media Industry Guru. Excited to hear more about your experience within the intersection of media and tech. Hi, Forbes. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell us a 30-second elevator pitch about who you are as a person, what your experience entails. So I have been with TikTok for about two and a half years now. I have done an array of different roles. So I am currently in intellectual property and identity, and this is where I am primarily performing trademark and copyright tasks. Um, A lot of it can either be business as usual work, such as reviewing reports that are coming in from rights holders, whether that's an internal or external escalation, working on policy development, or just other things that come up within TikTok since we are still being developed. And then um, prior to that, I was a quality assurance analyst where I was looking at content moderation, policy, and performance insights. And what made you decide to go into the intersection of media and technology? You mentioned in the past, you were initially leaning towards another company working in comics, right? Yeah, actually, what a great memory you have. So it's one of those things within tech that I just fell into it. I know people say that and now it's like corny, but for me, I honestly fell into it. So. I went to Pepperdine University and I studied integrated marketing communications. The pillars that I could have gone into for the industry would have been advertising, marketing, or PR. So when I was applying for roles, that's all my scope was. I was looking at these advertising media companies and it was just one of those things where I always got to the last round of interviews, but they just said I didn't have enough experience. And I know you can relate to this about having a number of internships and actually saying, hey, how am I meant to get experience without experience, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> so um, what ended up happening is that I was interviewing for Warner Brothers at the time. I was going for um, a coordinator role within the comic book um, sector. So that was for DC Comics. And this was in 2019. 
during that time as well, I just happened to have a friend who started off working at TikTok where it was pretty much known to be a music dancing app, right? She said to me, hey, why don't you just interview here? I know Warner Brothers is going well, but just consider this. And I said, all right, interviews can't hurt. Let's go forward with it. So I ended up getting the job at TikTok and Warner Brothers at the time too, it was one of those things where I was deciding, do I want to go with new media or old media? Because Warner Brothers was established, but it was one of those things too, where I was like, I'm not the biggest comic book girl. It would be great to get my foot in the door, but this isn't something that I'm like passionate in per se. Whether mm -hmm. TikTok with this new media, I was like, okay, there's so many different avenues this can go, right? Social media, it could go into tech mm -hmm. and I just went with my gut and also like wanted to work with my best friend at the time too. If it, was only for, if it was only for six months, so be it. And here I am two and a half years later and given that COVID happened, I'm not sure whatever happened to the department at Warner Brothers, but I know I would have been really nervous with COVID happening, starting a new role and um, also being within that industry. So that's kind of like how it all happened. I think it was about timing and um, just falling into it, as I said cool that you were able to fall into it and have like a friend to lean upon while working. We don't know anybody when we're getting acclimated to a new job and you just need to like know somebody to just like shout ideas off of. So it's great that you had that relationship with somebody to start. So what types of skills did you learn from college that are kind of transferable on your day to day basis? I think that's a really important question because some insight I also want to share is that when I was in college, I found that I was trying to get exposed to anything and everything. So again, I was a communications major, but I was also taking business classes for my marketing and ad um, classes. So what I was doing again was a lot of Excel heavy um, work. So some of like the classes I took was accounting and finances. Um, I also did media planning for advertising. And so even though um, the different formulas and projects I worked on didn't translate over into my quality assurance role, I was still able to feel comfortable looking at a spreadsheet and being able to analyze numbers. So one thing I always say is that it doesn't matter if you are learning a skill in college, as long as you understand the fundamentals of it, whether it's even for pleasure or for your actual core work, just go for it, ask questions, learn about how the tools work. And then you as the creator, whether it be of a process or doing your job, that's where you're going to really find that you exercise that skill because you can learn a formula, mm -hmm. but if you don't know how to apply it, then you're kind of stuck, right? So you have to think creatively. Another skill that I learned, I guess I should say knowledge-based, but it still is considered as a skill, is um, like my legal background. So I didn't take too many legal classes, but what I did have to take was like business ethics and also um, like legal business classes. And again, I learned IP, intellectual property in those classes. So at least I had a foundation to what IP was and things that were allowed and weren't allowed. Because mm -hmm. with that knowledge, I was actually able to segue into the IP role because mm. of the things I was spotting on the platform doing my QA role. So it'd be one of those things where I'm like, hey, like counterfeit goods, what are we doing about it? Piracy, <laughs> what are we doing about it? And it's one I had no formal training on the job. It was just from school. So 
again, soak up your classes, whether you think it's going to be relevant to your role or not in the future, you never know. And also like, just learn to have fun, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the one thing too, is like, I always was saying, I have to learn my hard skills so that I can like be the best at it for my job. Not necessarily, life will take a turn and you just don't know what's going to be useful or what your interest may be like five years down the line. So just yeah. be a sponge and get excited and learn something new is something I would recommend. Every successful person that I've had on my podcast has said to ask questions. There's no right or wrong question to bring up and you can always learn and everybody can learn off of your questions. So it's great that you turned the business theory that you learned in college into practice into the real world and got all those internship experiences in college and your current role today. What would you say has been one of your best accomplishments thus far? I know you're also an animal advocate. <laughs> I do love my baby boy, Kelso. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just going to be really broad in this question because I know you have um, different viewers. So I want to cater to this specific viewer. So um, I would say one of my biggest success points was that I was navigating the college system by myself. Originally, I was from Australia and I moved here when I was 18. I'm very fortunate that I have dual citizenship, but neither of my parents had a US college education. So me coming here, just saying as simple as I want to live in the States. And I just had to figure out what a four-year university meant, a college or like um, two-year university, community college, junior mm -hmm. college. I didn't know these were all connected. I didn't know about GEs. I didn't know I had to take biology in order to get my degree, <laughs> things yeah. like that. And um, for me, I would just say like, it's really hard when you're doing it on yourself. So don't do it by yourself find people that can help you. It is okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. You don't need to do everything on your own. It takes a village to be successful and mm -hmm. people are here to advocate for you. I don't think um, asking questions is a bad thing. I think it helps with curiosity and exposing yourself to more things. It's like the more you know, right? Because mm -hmm. you can do as much research as you want, but if you know someone that can help you that you can call up, that's mm -hmm. a privilege. You should take advantage of that. So again, me able to like graduate from Pepperdine, do my college within four years, and just to everyone who helped me, was who I who could help me achieve that that is like something that I find and take great pride in because I don't know anyone else who's done it but mm -hmm. I am in a very unique position to have done that so and who have been some of your mentors that you've looked up they can be in the industry not be in the industry family friends I think it's really important to have different mentors because they can give different insight um one of my biggest mentors is a female that I have been family friends with for Oh gosh, not to age myself, but 20 plus years. Um, <laughs> so she has been a lawyer. She is just someone who has always been very happy to help and very energized when I ask questions about the law. Like even for the role that I have now in IP, I would just be like, hey, I have a question about this case. And she'd be like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Like how fun. And I'm over here like, this is actually kind of stressing me out. And she's like, no, 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 let's talk about it. And it's just nice to know that I can have someone on speed dial to call, whether it's about my actual job because it requires um, like legal knowledge, or it's just like someone who has been working in entertainment for 
I don't even know, 50 plus years. She went to Harvard. It's just nice to have someone like that. But Mm -hmm. then I also have other people who are in HR. I also have people who are doing marketing and advertising. So I can always like flex that muscle when needs be. And also like my parents, my brother, they are just great people when I'm having an emotional breakdown and (laughs) they're able to center me and like have this like Mm -hmm. calm over me. And I think even though that may not be the traditional mentorship that you may be referring to, I think someone that is able to like keep you level headed, even when you're at your worst, mm-hmm. that is something that is even more rare to come across than someone who can mentor you on yeah. the day to days or how to be a better person or a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And do you think coming from Australia and now kind of migrating to the US, you have this more global perspective because also you think if you think about it, TikTok didn't emerge in the US too. So you kind of work for this global company and you have that global experience. Yeah, um, not to mention, I also lived in Brazil for two years. So mm. to say that I've seen a couple of things in my lifetime would be a little <laughs> bit of an understatement. What I can say to that statement is that I think the more you travel is the more you will gain perspective and you'll understand privilege that you have growing up in the States if that's where you did grow up, right? Because Mm. I was very fortunate to have grown up in Australia. They do things very differently there than they do in the US. Um, I never really had to worry about healthcare. And even like for you listeners who are in college, there's this program called HEX in Australia where you don't necessarily have to pay your college tuition upfront. It's when you are making a certain amount of money within your actual job that they'll start taking out a small percentage and you pay it Mm. off when you're 50 and there's no tax on it. That sounds wonderful. Also, college is like one fourth of the price. So (laughs) if you do have the option to go to Australia for college, I highly encourage you for that reason. (laughs) From all my travels and the people that I've interacted with, it's made me a way more colorful person. I think it's made me Mm -hmm. a more emotional person. And to anyone who's ever thinking about, should I travel or should I buy a bag or should I save it for a rainy day or a car? Don't worry about the material things. Yes, have like a savings account. But one thing that you will never regret is traveling and what you experience and those memories that you make. Yes, go, if you're still in college, go study abroad because it opens your mind and you become more, definitely more inquisitive. A hundred percent. And also on that note too, I find that um, when you are traveling, you're more curious. You might happen to ask more questions when Mm -hmm. you also have like that independence of traveling away from mom and dad. Maybe you're with your friends or maybe you're solo, but also you having to like do your own finances and like, (laughs) you know, make a plan of what I'm going to do today, Mm -hmm. be responsible or not. You always have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. That will also translate into work. You will be surprised, but I swear the people that I think propel the most are the ones who have had a little bit more exposure to travel than the ones who haven't. I want to talk about the intersection of media and tech and you work at TikTok, you deal with a lot of content creators and reviewing content. So a lot of content creators monetize off of digital content, TikTok, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Twitch, you name it. And now a lot of the content creator economy is shifting towards the Web3 space, NFTs. Do you think that this is where the industry is kind of headed for monetization 
So I'll just like give my viewpoint of Web3 first, just so that everyone is on the same page, because I think it's very confusing as someone who even is in the (laughs) industry. So the theory is that Web1 is like your email and um, Mm -hmm. just your simple like browsing. Like you can't really do much on the internet, but it kind of exists. Web2 is where we're at, where we have like social media and video. And it's like very, um, I'm just going to say 2D for now. But it's just one of those things where you are familiar with it. So Web 2 is where we're at in 2022 for now. Mm -hmm. Web 3, I would say, is more three-dimensional. So this is like when we're talking about the metaverse, putting on your VR headset and like Mm -hmm. you're pretending to like have this different lifestyle because the technology allows that. Or Mm -hmm. you can have like blockchaining and NFTs and you can do like cryptocurrency and all these like crazy new things, right? So um, what I will say is that I do think that the industry is heading there. I'm not sure if the audience is quite ready to experience that. I think there's going to be a lot of late adopters into Web3. I know some people um, and they have a really interesting perspective on this. So they're trying to invest in NFTs or um, property on the metaverse. Um, They're trying to get their foot in the door and as someone who does have stock, I don't necessarily see it as a bad idea. I think investments are risky, but as long as you do your research and you have your reasons, you don't know if you're going to be wrong or right until the money or you lose it. (laughs) So a perspective that um, one of my friends has is that they have kids. For example, if roadblocks goes into Web3, where you can like, you know, put on your VR headset and you are now building things in Roblox. That is also like a reason to invest in it because there's a market for it. Kids love to game. And if that's the where gaming industry is headed, that's going to be completely transformative. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I understand how that could work. Am I a target market of Roblox? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, I was more of a RuneScape girl back in the day. But um, I do think it's one of those things where if you understand this, you can either start to invest or you can see a business opportunity. But I think it's a very complicated concept because it's still being built. No one's really an expert in it right now. We just have to wait and see what happens. It could it could all just be hearsay for now. But I do think that um, there are going to be very um, big news coming within like the next five years in Web3. Where I was kind of initially confused was why would people monetize off of digital art when I mean like it's not tangible like the Mona Lisa I know it's priceless but that's it's something that you can see visually see and almost touch but can't touch it and on um, another level as someone who works in copyright so again copyright is protecting works of expression so if you were to take a screenshot of that nft that's technically copyright infringement depending on like yeah. it is and laws and all that stuff but that is essentially plain and simple that is what copyright infringement is i just didn't understand with the, those really cool looking monkeys like there's like <laughs> different like 50 different ones or probably there's more with these monkeys, I was like, couldn't you just like take a screenshot and print it out and like have it up thinking it looks really cool. But then again, I think it's bigger than that because if you're buying an NFT, you're an art collector or you are an investor. I think this is just another way how people are maybe flexing either their wealth or how they are risky and they have something cool. Even though it's not tangible, 
I still think there could be value to it. I just think it's really hard for me to wrap my head around it because yeah. would I spend like $3 million on an NFT? Mm, no, I wouldn't. I would not do that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, do I see myself maybe getting into NFTs when I'm a little bit older? Maybe, but it's not off the table for me. Now leaning towards your personal and professional goals, do you have anything upcoming that you hope to achieve personal level, professional level? So professionally, obviously I still want to continue to climb the ladder. I am very happy um, learning still at TikTok, one of the best places to start your career. So I have no complaints there. However, personally, what I'm trying to do right now is still gauge my marketing and advertising um, skill set. So one of my goals is actually by the end of spring is to create my own website, JulieBoutros.com. <laughs> and what I want to do there is either start blogging, just kind of like get my foot back in the door of this is what I used to do. This is what I was actually really passionate about and why I went to school for this. So I think I'm just trying to like have a side hustle, but also just like a passion project that I can just do and have fun with, like no pressure. And if something comes from it, great. But I also just think it's really good just to do something with your free time other than just like working super hard on a project um, like you, Forbes. Like, I'm so proud of you for your podcast, but I also Thanks. know this is not going to be the last thing you do, right? <laughs> it's, also, no. it's also nice to find like a cadence where you can just like really enjoy yourself and it's just for pure pleasure instead of like mm -hmm. business or opportunities and things like that. Yeah, it's good to have some creative control and freedom over your own project. Exactly. Or even just going out and walking your dog at Santa Monica. With That's the another sun good racing. one. <laughs> Honestly, and it's the simple things in life that I've come to realize that are a lot better. And then one of your other goals you mentioned is moving. So where do you hope to move? And do you see the tech industry also kind of moving out of California? We've seen a lot of tech industries headed towards like the East Coast or even Austin and Nashville. And mm -hmm. um, I know there's a predominant space in Seattle. So I definitely think tech can be remote. We have been doing great at TikTok in terms of moving online. Um, I will just like give a disclaimer. When I first started at TikTok, it was about six months before the pandemic hit. So I only had a glimpse of what in office was like. And then for the rest of the two years, it's all been remote. So to say that I know I can get the job done remotely is true, but I think it's one of those things where I do kind of wish I had the option to go into the office, obviously once it's safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think in terms of like tech being anywhere, I know they're outsourcing in the Midwest, um, probably because it's cheaper for rental space for offices. Um, a lot of people are in the Midwest looking for jobs, even working for tech in the Midwest. Like, I think that would be a really good opportunity for someone because maybe it's always just been in the bigger cities like New York, Chicago, LA, so, uh, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. In terms of me, where do I want to be? I would love to live in Asia or Europe one day. I have already claimed mm -hmm. three continents and I don't <laughs> there. If I had to live anywhere else in the U.S., I would live either in New York or Texas or Chicago, Illinois, because I think it brings a lot of different perspectives to what America is. And L.A. is very specific um, to a specific beast, if you will. And I just want to see what America has to offer as someone who has migrated here. Really great that you're on the forefront of being open minded. 
a lot of people try to pigeonhole themselves to just one particular area, whether it's geographically or just even career-wise or personal-wise. And you have that broad holistic perspective that you bring to yourself, which is fabulous. Thinking of the forefront, where do I want to live next? Oh, I want to try this. I want to try to go to Asia or Europe. And it's great to have that mindset. Yeah. And like the one thing I will say on that too is like, even though I have a dependent, I have my doggy. <laughs> I think um, when you are able to take risks and there aren't really high stake consequences in the sense of you have a spouse you need to consider and their work and their interests and needs. You have children. What if you pull them out of school with their best friends and like their own dreams and ambitions? Mm -hmm. I think this is the time where you take the chances so that you never question it in the future and you can at least say you've done it. This podcast is basically to educate others within the different sectors of the media industry and to get wisdom from either rising professionals or professionals in the field. So what recommendations can you give to either recent grads in their 20s or even current students trying to figure out what the heck they're doing? So to the students who are trying to navigate what they're doing, it's okay not to know what you're doing. I have evolved as a person so much when I first started college in the States, when I graduated, even to now. And it's just one of those things where you can't make a mistake in your early to mid 20s because there's no perfect route for you, right? You're the one who is paving the way. You find out your likes, your dislikes, your interests, your dislikes, and you just have to be a sponge and willing to take mm -hmm. risks, right? Yeah. So don't be scared to take a chance, take a job that you don't like or quit your job that you hate after three weeks or six months. It is okay. <laughs> it is okay. You will be Those okay. Those contracts are at will. <laughs> Honestly, they are unless otherwise noted. Okay. <laughs> but um, for people who are trying to get their foot in the door, whether it be like marketing or advertising or in tech, mm -hmm. honestly, I was shooting for gold. I was going for these hard roles. I was like, hmm, three years and I have no experience. Sure, let's go for it. I think it's good to be realistic. I also think it's good to definitely shoot for the highest, mm -hmm. but I think it's good to be realistic. I also think another thing that goes a really long way is your online presence. So if you have a LinkedIn, whether you're posting on it or you are like updating your um, career information to reflect what your brand is as you as a person. Mm -hmm. I think that goes a really long way because at the end of the day, um, I always just try to be Jumili Bouchos and what I sell is in tech. I sell intellectual property and identity. I sell quality assurance. And then I also sell marketing, advertising and PR. And if you don't see yourself as a brand or a business, I think you need to reconsider what you're doing because in the industry, this is how you are going to present yourself. So always elevate yourself, shoot for the highest, but be realistic. And you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Keep a smile on your face. Don't take yourself too seriously. That's a great way to end this. Thank you so much, Jem, <laughs> for being a great support to me as well as to all the people that are listening and Best of luck personally and professionally. Last question, favorite content creators on TikTok that you look at and scroll <laughs> through on the FYP? Okay, so I do have a guilty pleasure for Drew. Um, I think she's just hilarious and <laughs> I love her content. I, I am really bad at comebacks, so she gives me ideas. 
And then um, I, forgive me, I can't um, remember her last name or say her last name, but her name's Michaela and she's really big into makeup. And she's honestly taught me how to use eye makeup for hooded eyes. So I very much appreciate that individual. And she also makes me laugh. She's so pure and happy and she's just real. And if you are a creator on TikTok, the one thing I can say is that it's unlike Instagram in the sense that you need to be authentically yourself and you mm -hmm. will find a community there. Yeah, it's a great community. Everybody should download the TikTok if they don't have it already. Do that dance. Yeah, why aren't you Dude. on it? <laughs> yeah, if you're not on it, you're you're way behind two years ago. So <laughs> Forbes, thank you so much for having me and doing this podcast. Like this is a great experience and I'm just so incredibly proud of you and I wish you only the best from this. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Media Industry Guru podcast. Check out the Instagram at Media Industry Guru for all the details on the latest and cool I mean coolest upcoming episodes that you will hear. Email at mediaindustryguru.podcast at gmail.com for any other interviews that you would like to hear or if you would like to be on the air and give a little promo or talk about yourself or just even chat with me because you know I'm, I'm doing this. I'm invested in this. And tune in weekly 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays on the Anchor app, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and many more streaming platforms. Thanks again for all of the support and peace out and let's rock and roll.